Welcome to another week of Come Follow Me Disciples Journey. Um, this week is going to be another week where I just do one episode. I'm going to combine sections 109 and 110 in this one episode. It's going to be fairly brief, <laughs> um, but I did want to record something. Um, as, as you all know, just got lots of things going on. Ended up having to actually go to town on business last week unexpectedly. Um, otherwise, I actually had time last week. I was going to do uh, full full episodes. I was ready and prepared but like I said, ended up leaving town for about three days um, with about a day's notice. So anyway, then on top of that, kind of lost my voice and have a cough. And so I'll try to suppress that as much as I can. Uh, no one likes coughing on a podcast, so I'll make sure I edit that out uh, if I do start coughing. So um, sections 109 and 110. Um, come follow me this week in the introductory paragraphs talks about the excitement and why this excitement. Um, the saints started lining up early in the morning, the day that the temple was to be dedicated. They ended up filling up the temple and uh, a nearby area as well. And then um, the prophet Joseph ended up uh, needing to have two sessions of the dedication, actually. And so why, why that excitement? Why were people so excited for this on both sides of the veil even? And I mean, I think there's a lot of reasons, but look at it from this perspective. What it, what it, what it's been re- restored to this point <clears throat> in church history. So obviously, uh, knowledge has been restored, right? They, um, they, I mean, <laughs> knowledge started to be restored as soon as Joseph saw God the Father and Jesus Christ in the grove, right? Two personages, they knew them personally, that their relationship, they answer and hear prayers, lots of lots of truth was restored, okay? So ongoing truth has been restored as well. Um, I mean, as we study the Doctrine of Covenants, that's what we're studying. Uh, the Aaronic priesthood, the Melchizedek priesthood have been restored at this point, but not all the keys. And... I guess some other things that have been restored to this point, some of the organizational things, um, apostles, bishops, and things like that, right? But not all of the keys have been restored. Um, the keys of sealing, the, the keys to uh, gather Israel, um, the key, the keys necessary even for temple work. Now, they have a temple, but they don't have the keys really to operate a temple as we know. And so... This event, this the dedication and what happens in the Kirtland Temple is transformative in the restoration, in, in the history and the story of the restoration. So section 109 is uh, the, the dedicatory prayer. Joseph prepared it beforehand, but notes that he was inspired and received revelation in his uh, writing. And so there was definitely guidance here. <clears throat> I, <clears throat> For the sake of time, I don't. And I'm not, and I'm not going to share all the stories that surround the dedication. But there are many stories. I encourage you to seek them out. Um, there's the revelations in context. You can find that in the uh, Gospel Library app. You can find the um, uh, Institute manuals that have great background stories. Uh, the book The Saints has has great background uh, stories about what happened on that day and, and the experiences that people had. Um, but to keep it brief, what I will say is that the power of God was 
there that day, and which was the beginning of the um, the fulfillment of the Lord promising that his power and his presence would be in that temple and in his house so long as it was not defiled. Um, verses 10 through 60, which is a large chunk of this section, I understand. But the Lord and, and Joseph is praying to secure promises that the Lord has already promised. So, for example, in verse 12 and 13, that God's glory would rest upon his people and upon the Kirtland Temple. Um, that those who worship in the temple would be taught properly, in verse 14. Uh, in verse 15, that the people would grow up in the Lord, receive the fullness of the Holy Ghost. Um, and so, as you read, like I said, verses 10 through 60, you're going to see some things, hopefully, that you recognize from previous revelations. Things that the Lord had said, especially in section 95, section 84, where the Lord had commanded them to build a temple. Uh, section 88, I mean, not 84, excuse me, 88 and 95. <clears throat> and so Joseph here prays that those things that had already been promised, that the Lord would fulfill. I think we can learn something about prayer. Sometimes we have a lot of work to do to um, qualify or prepare ourselves for the blessing for blessings. The saints had done a lot of that work. The saints had built a temple. They had they had sacrificed to build this temple. And now the prophet was praying that those blessings that had been promised them would, would come to them. Sometimes we have to do all this work and then the, the only thing that's standing between us and that, that blessing is asking. In the Bible dictionary, the under prayer, we, we learn that prayer is a form of work and that like any other obedience or work, uh, there are blessings associated with it. And sometimes the only thing stopping us from receiving a blessing is is a is a form of work. And sometimes that form sometimes that form of work is a prayer. And so we need to have the faith to ask. We need to have faith to know what the right questions to ask. The right the right way to ask. I want to go back to something I just said about the saints sacrificing for the Kirtland Temple. They gave everything they had. They gave more than they had. It put the, the church in financial hardship. And as we, we're going to study in the coming week, the, the leadership of the church was really concerned about the debt because they now were in debt, significant debt. Some more things in the, in the next few years, church history, are going to transpire. They just make that debt worse. The Lord had told them in a previous revelation to get out of debt, to be free of debt. And so they have this, what are we going to do? Well, like I said, we'll read about it next week. Um, but the Lord is going to tell the saints, don't worry about the debt. As long as you're being righteous, it's going to be okay. Turns out it was going to, it was going to be okay. Turns out, look at this, look at the church's financial situation now. Now, did it turn around immediately? No, but in the Lord's time, it did. In the Lord's time, he fulfilled. The saints sacrificed. They gave their all. They put themselves even in a, in a financial situation that was not great. But why did they do it? They didn't do it for selfish reasons. They didn't go out buying cars and boats and get in debt. They did it because God asked them to build a temple. So they did, and they sacrificed, and they broke up China and put it, mixed it into cement to have enough to put in the cement. They, I mean, everything went into that building. And what it was? What was that? It was preparation, sacrifice. That sacrifice was preparation for something better, and that something better was the temple, which we'll get into really in the next section in 110. 
Uh, just finish out a few thoughts here from section 109. Prophet Joseph in verses 47 through 53 prays that the anger of the Lord would fall upon those who were harming the saints in Missouri. Remember, and the Lord would remember their cries and what happened. And those cries would continue. There would be more hardship. The Prophet Joseph's life would be taken. His brother's life would be taken. Many others. Okay. So the question is, did that, did the Lord answer that prayer? Did the Lord respond? Well, if you know about the history, and I've, I've shared this this year before, about the Civil War in America in 1860. Now again, not not immediate. It wasn't it wasn't what maybe people would have wanted? How quickly they would have wanted? But in the Lord's time, Missouri was ravished. In the Civil War, the Civil War actually, I mean, not officially, but really came early to Missouri. There was fighting breaking out in Missouri. It stayed longer in Missouri. Uh, one commentator uh, said about Missouri's state in that time, the state of being in that time was something along the lines of that the devil came to Missouri, liked what he saw, and stayed a while. That's what happened to Missouri. When Missouri, when the Missourians um, ridiculed and mocked and chastised and persecuted the saints of God and then murdered a prophet, what happened? Well, bad things. A civil war happened, and Missouri got the brunt of it. Um, General Alexander Donovan, a friend of the saints in Missouri, uh, said, God's wrath hangs over Jackson County. God's people have been ruthlessly driven from it, and you will live to see the day when it will be visited by fire and the sword. The Lord of hosts will sweep it from the bosom uh, with a broom of destruction. The fields and farms and houses will be destroyed, and only chimneys will be left to mark the desolation. Uh, and so, like I said, they that, that happened. They felt that in Missouri significantly. <clears throat> so, the Prophet Joseph gives this dedicatory prayer in March 1836. And then, just a few days later, just a little over a week later, I believe, section 1010. 110, guys, that's not a number. 110. Section 110, which is on April 3rd of 1836. What happens? Well, um, Joseph and Oliver are in the temple, and Christ appears to them in his house, and he says, I accept this house. The veil was taken from our minds, and the eyes of our understanding were opened. Then there's something to learn here about how the Lord works, how revelation works. That their minds had a veil that was taken, and they see. Why do they see? Because the eyes of their understanding were opened. This this thing for them to see has was always there. The truth is always there. It doesn't change. We change. We become worthy. We become ready and prepared to see the truth. This is the section where if you are familiar with um, the living Christ, this section is quoted talking about what he looked like, Christ looked like, that um, his eyes were as a flame of fire, the hair of his head was white like the pure snow, his countenance shone above the brightness of the sun, and his voice was as, a, was as the sound of the rushing of great waters, even the voice of Jehovah saying, I am the first and the last, I am he who liveth, I am he who was slain. I am your advocate with the Father. Behold, your sins are forgiven. And he accepts the house, and he says, My name shall be here. Just as it is in this temple, 
it is in every temple. Every temple is dedicated in a similar way. Every temple is a, is the house of the Lord. The temple, the promises that were given that His presence would be there are the same for the temples we have today. Will we see Him standing um, under uh, on a paved work of pure gold in the color like amber? Maybe not. Probably not. But can we? I believe so. Can we feel His presence? Can we be with Him? Yes. And then others came to Joseph and Oliver. Moses uh, came to restore the keys of the gathering of Israel. Missionary work could really commence. They could send them abroad to other nations and start really gathering. And note that after this, the the gathering did hasten. Um, Elijah came to restore the keys of uh, sealing. Elias came, um, which we learn also. Uh, sorry, Elias came. Started talking about something else, but Elias came and he restored the gospel of Abraham. And what is that? It's the Abrahamic covenant that's, that that are, that um, our seed would multiply. The seed would multiply. That the children of Israel would be blessed. That they would. Um, be as numerous as the sands on the sea, as the stars in heaven, and uh, and that that would continue to increase through celestial marriage. And so these, you know, what Elias, Elijah, and Moses all brought together are different keys, but connected all all of all great one great whole, right? Um, and so why the excitement for the Kirtland Temple? This is why. Because Christ came to it, because the keys were there, restored there, I mean, so that the work could continue. It was part of the ongoing restoration that we are continuing to live. And I invite you as you, wherever you live, if you are able, make an appointment, get to the temple, study these verses and these these sections and read the power with which uh, the, the Kirtland Temple was visited and prepare yourself to receive that same type of power and ask ask the Lord to give you that same power. Thanks for listening this week. Best of luck and I hope to talk 